The following is a presentation of the Retro Network. Ladies and gentlemen, the Retro Network proudly presents to you, in association with the House Show Crew. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Hot Tag with Kevin Hellions. Hot Tag, as always, is brought to you by The Runnin', which is brought to you by The House Show, which is brought to you by The Retro Network, the inception of podcasting. Now, the whole point of the Hot Tag here is for me to do some interviews with people who I enjoy, whose work I appreciate, who I've just been meaning to sit down and talk to. So for any of you who are a long time with the Retro Network or various, I'll say, super blogs that came long beforehand and podcasts, you might know this name. You might know that I also know this name. You might have seen us for years and years and years communicate over Twitter and other social media. And live right here this Monday morning is the first ever one-on-one conversation between myself and and William Bruce West. Howdy. Yay. This has been the, a long time coming. I've been looking forward to this. Exactly what I was thinking. This, like, and, and I'll get into how I discovered you, you know, and, and signed you to a major label. Um, But we've been talking forever this, you're absolutely right, has been a long time coming. You are the only person of my blogging, podcasting friends who has my actual number, too. <laughs> but also, I think you were the first person that, like, if I said Will at home, my wife knew who I meant. <laughs> you know? Um, one of the first people that I was like, hey, this guy I've never met, but I talk to all the time. If for some reason he was in the area and needed help, we would go help. He could sleep at our house. Like, you know, no questions asked. And it's it's so weird. I mean, we're, you know, close to the same age, but like to go to say our, our you know, the previous generation and like, oh, oh, yeah, this person I've never met, I would welcome into my home with open arms and i've always already shared so much of my life with this person seems odd like right, I'll, right. I'll explain it to my mom she's like so you've never met these people no but if <laughs> but if like last year 2020 pre-pandemic i was hoping to go to RetroCon. i believe you were debating it, a couple other people and i was like thank god i will finally meet some of these people face to face Yes, I was looking forward to it so much. That's the beauty of RetroCon too. Like when you finally get to put all these like faces to screen names. And and granted, a lot I know. Like and and when we're recording this right now, um, I find uh, during house show recordings that if I don't have video, my stream seems to go a little better. I have less skipping in it because it's not processing the video as well. But I have seen how amazing your hair looks over the last year of uh, COVID and quarantining. 
<laughs> I haven't cut it for a year. Like, I think I got it cut like two weeks before lockdown. And then it just turned into like, let's see where this goes. But I think I have to cut it soon because it's starting to lock, which I didn't know that's how dreadlocks happen. <laughs> like this is this is not good so i think in the next like two weeks we're gonna see the end of pandemic hair let me tell you one of the worst things about when i did the quarantine beard when i was sent home from work last year was putting on like a hoodie or a coat and getting the beard caught in the zipper oh that was just so much pain every time oh (laughs) how itchy too Now, for I, I've been trying to think um, how how you came along, how other people, there'll be uh, future guests on this podcast, how I, I got to know them. Now, my recollection is that when I first started blogging, I was convinced there were other people doing it, but I hadn't found them yet or met them. And one of the things I first discovered was... Uh, I would Google search comic collections, just looking for cool collections. And I I still do it every so often just to get ideas of how people display their things and look at people with far more money than I have and what they do with it. Somewhere along the way for that was uh, the cool and collected site had a post up of either his own collection or sharing a collection. I was like, well, that's pretty cool. This seems like an interesting thing. I will follow the site. Shortly thereafter, the league starts up, which was the League of Extraordinary Bloggers, and it was a lot of like-minded blogs and and YouTube and you know podcasts and stuff. That there'd be a weekly topic, everyone would post and all. And to various degrees, I'll say of success and camaraderie and crossover and stuff like that. Now, some people, I just you know, didn't click with me, nothing against them, but this guy named Will jumped out immediately. And it was actually, there's only been a couple times where I stopped everything while I was reading a blog. I grabbed Elise and I said, you have to read this too. Or I read it to her and yours was the first one. And I was so mad. I thought this guy's smarter than me. He writes better than me. He's funnier than I am. Of course, I had to immediately start following you on everything. (laughs) (laughs) But you were one of the first people that I thought, okay, that's what I can do. I can make this serious, but also entertaining and also informative. And immediately started following your blog. And for a while it was, you know, we, we both knew the league ones. We both followed a lot of people. But then eventually you and I started going off on tangents on a, of our own and communicating more. And then I think it was um, more of a privacy in a way. Like Twitter was kind of everyone was jumping in and out. But once we got on Facebook, too, that led to more like private conversations or one on one stuff and everything. And then our friendship and our communication grew from there, of course. That's how I recall it. (laughs) You may have a different memory. No, like, I definitely, I remember, it's funny you bring up the league, because to me, the league is, like, I love that 
you enjoyed something that was shared there. To me, the league is like if there is a performer you really like, but like only the true fans have that mixtape he sold out of his trunk. <laughs> like that's the league to me. Cause I, I never made a dent there. I didn't make many friends. I didn't get shared a lot. Like I, it made me question if there were like-minded people out there. So I think that's why I gravitated to you so much because like you proved that there were, and like I have watched us grow together along certain themes, like with the thrifting, you know, like you will find some things that I never thought in the like a million years would sell and you sell it and you sell it well. And I'm just kind of like, I need to take notes from this guy because I did have a stint um on my site, I called it Thrift Justice, where I would like document things I found at thrift stores and yard sales, because that was like before we had our first daughter. That was my life. Like I was going to thrift stores every day and always it was the the halcyon days before everybody became a reseller. So you could actually find interesting things and things you never thought you'd ever see. And I just kind of like shared that online and it was through like the league and also just like our whole circle online. Cause I think like there are clicks, but then there's like a mega click and then it's just, it's kind of like segmented. It just, it, it really showed me that like, wow, that my people are out there and you were definitely like the king of that, you know, like you're the one that I have related to the most through all of this. And that's how like we're here like 12 years later. Well, and that's a weird thing too. And, and I've said this like to my mom who doesn't quite get it. Um, at least does thankfully, you know, this is my thing, but she, she gets it. Outside of us blogging, just like walking down the street or whatever, there is no way we end up meeting each other. Like I am from what I would consider a small town in upstate New York, and you are from I don't know how specific you want to be. I'll say the DC area. <laughs> you you can tell them my address. I'm like Tony Stark. Bring it. <laughs> no, like, like I'm from Silver Spring, Maryland, right outside of DC. But we wouldn't have crossed paths otherwise from this, it, which is funny sure. because like. One of my best friends went to Cornell, where you went to. Really? Like, uh, educator. Really? Yeah. Do you know what year we're going to play that game? <laughs> okay, so I graduated high school in 96. He was year after me, 97. So let's say like 97 to 2001. Okay. Maybe a little later. Um pretty sure i'm pretty sure he did his master's there but not entirely sure he'll text me as soon as this plays because <laughs> i was 99 to 03 and i was human ecology that was the college but like i was human development major and basically i chose that college because it was 70 percent female although that did nothing for me <laughs> and most of the graduates from that college become teachers or go into education so that's why i'm kind of like interesting <laughs> yeah he he had a scholarship out of high school 
uh, went there, got, you know, he has his teaching degree, um, where, which is, you know, part of where the educator moniker comes from for the show. Uh, but I went down there a few times to just visit and hang out, you know. Um, right. But during alumni week, uh, he was helping. Uh, I'm sure enough time has passed. Uh, he was helping run some of the events for it. You know, class of whatever, having their 20th anniversary has an event over here. And he was helping run all the food stuff. So everything was oh, made in one. Unions, yes. Yep. Yep, so everything was made in the one building, and then you got to bring people over and have people, you know, unhaul trucks and crap like that. And certain people all nice and, you know, done up to be waiters and waitresses and crap like that. So I wasn't doing anything that year. And he calls up. He goes, do you want to come down hang out for a couple weeks and get paid for this? And then we can hang out. I'm like, yeah, sure, all right. (laughs) So I came down. In my, like, upstate New York, I went to Catholic school. I'd only gone to a two-year college that was state, you know. So, and here I am at this Ivy League one. And I felt like I was, I don't know, the bad news bears coming in there. (laughs) Like, some of them just, what are you? What are you doing here? But because I was different, I ended up hitting on everyone. And it was just like, ooh, you're not uptight and, you know, a dick like some of these other guys. Hello, what's going on? And nothing happened. I had no Looking back, it could have been better, but I had no game then. Um, I did do a trip when the pumpkin was on top of the spire. Ah, yes. One of our greatest mysteries. Yep. That was fantastic, though. Uh, Went to shortstop sub every time I did a trip there. It was delicious. I, yes, I would go I, now. I'm familiar with shortstop. They also have the hot truck. Yep. Yep. And then, uh, so the the like market area or whatever you want to call it with all the stores downtown. There's like a couple used bookstores and everything. Yep, the commons. The commons. There we go. Um, I accidentally wandered into the sex shop. <laughs> Which I'm sure is like a bubble tea place now, because that's like Ithaca's like 80% bubble tea right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I honestly, I probably saw like something in the window and thought it was like books or movies, which it is, just, you know, not for everyone. <laughs> right, right. And he and his then girlfriend, now wife, just ditched me. <laughs> he did not go in. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm stuck here now. <laughs> I wish I knew. I'm I'm trying to think back. Like, where was that located? Because I I think I may have gone there, but my the memory gets fuzzy in our old age. <laughs> oh, I mean, like I might remember one of the used bookstores I went into if I was in the common area again. Something might look familiar, but overall, not a chance. Oh, I do yeah. remember there was a little comic store down there too, though. Yes, yes. Um. Man, I, I used to know that name because that was my shop. I would go every Wednesday because people forget, like, comics on Wednesday being a, 
a sure thing is still kind of recent because it used to be if there was a federal holiday on a Monday, they would get shifted to Thursday. And that would piss me off so much, (laughs) especially twofold, because in college, you're not getting those federal holidays. And then on the other hand, I'm not getting my books on Wednesday. But that was my shop. Well, and and the Wednesday thing, I'm thankful it's for sure now. On Wednesdays, uh, Elise will text me while I'm at work. Hey, are you going to the comic store on your way home? Yes. Um, if we need someone to watch Declan in between me leaving work and Elise going to work, um, she knows. Oh, it's Wednesday. Kevin will be a little late, and the comic shop knows what time I will be in. Right. When I That's came a in, good arrangement. <laughs> yep. When I came in this week, I did, I had no books come in for me. I just went in because Elise was like, hey, um, you're running out of bags and boards, and I'm sick of looking at the mess. <laughs> so if, <laughs> if you want to go on Wednesday, go ahead. I was like, all right. Not going to say no. Right, right. Whenever you get that glimmer of support, you take it. <laughs> oh, absolutely. So now you saying 12 years ago, though. I'm, I'm going to bounce all over a little bit here. Oh, sure. The, the crazy thing is that that also means you and I have known each other, but also that we've been blogging and, and doing podcast stuff and everything else before we had kids. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I, I think if you look back at stuff either of us did before having children and now they are very different things. Yeah, I mean, they, they should be, though, too. Like, you yes. shouldn't be the same person after having kids. I would hope not for most people. That there would be some sort of maturity change, whatever. But I know I'm looking at things differently now. Um, part of, uh, so at the time we record this, um, I took all the Dr. Seuss books out of the library for my own curiosity. But I'm also looking at it like, okay, I got a seven-year-old here. Like, what would he think of it? What am I okay showing him? You know, um, I'm trying to do, like, uh, I have a list of projects that I want to do. But some of it, you know, years ago, I could just sit down anytime and watch it. Even if Elise didn't want it. Even if your wife didn't want to watch something. All right, I'll go to another room. But now with kids, it's like, oh, I can't watch this movie or this show or whatever at night. I got a kid yeah. here. I can't watch it at any time. What am I supposed to do? Or even to find the time to sit down and write something. It's funny you bring that up because, like, you do have these moments when you're like, I'm a bad parent. Like, I had to watch the WandaVision finale last week, and my two-year-old wouldn't leave me alone. And I was like, well, she won't remember any of it. She's like sitting right next to me and the five-year-old comes in and she's like, I don't think Charlie should be watching that. (laughs) I'm just sort of like, I have to watch this. You won't leave me alone. You don't give me time. We have to do this now. No, like I've had Parasite that I borrowed from a co-worker sitting here for like two months. But I need two and a half hours to sit there and watch that that I know a kid's not going to interrupt me. Yep. Like, it's just not happening. I want it to. Believe me, you do. But it's just not happening. 
it, it, it's amazing, like, the things, the corners you kind of cut just to make time for yourself. Like, I really don't like that my kids know Seth MacFarlane animation, like, at a <laughs> glance now. But it's just sort of like, come on, this is, I, I gotta watch something. Like, I can't watch Baby Shark 24-7. <laughs> Uh, not Seth MacFarlane, but Declan knows uh, Bob's Burgers. Um, yep. He wants Elise next to him when he falls asleep, and that's just what she puts on to have something on that you know she doesn't really have to pay attention to, and if she falls asleep too, it's fine. But he knows what it is. Yep. And the funny thing is, is he's like, well, I don't want any volume on, because that's distracting. I'm trying to fall asleep. Elise's like, alright, whatever. I'll put on the subtitles so yep. I can pay attention to it, at least. Lil Stink's reading it. <laughs> so I like one night he's like, "That's a bad word." I'm like, how would you even know? Right. He's reading. <laughs> wow. There's no. Oh my god, dude. One. Yeah. Like once, once certain stuff hits, I'm like, I'm done, and and you're gonna be too. Yeah. I don't yeah. know what to do anymore. <laughs> It's amazing. Like my mom was, we're in this thing right now where we're watching like all the Jeffrey, 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 Jeopardy guest hosts since Trebek passed away. So like I go over to her house like every day at like 7:30 to watch this, and she was asking me last night if I watched something. I forgot what it was, and I was like, you don't understand. I have two kids. Like all I get to watch is like Family Guy. Like, I can't watch anything network puts on, like, because that's when I'm fighting them trying to get into bed, you know? So, like, I have my knowledge of current TV shows is me reading the summaries the next morning. (laughs) Okay, but do you think, uh, because I've thought this for my mom and my grandparents beforehand, too, do you think that we're giving the kids too much control over the TV, let's say? Like, for me, when I was growing up, and for you, it's probably similar, because, you know, I mean, we've talked about who raised us and stuff like that over years. If I went to Grandma and Grandpa's house, I'm watching Andy Griffith. Yep. Or um, All in the Family, uh, Jeopardy and Will Fortune, of course. Like, I'm, I'm watching what they have on, and there's no debate over it. Right. right. You know, so, like... And then my mom would usually have, you know, sitcoms on, Yankee games constantly, uh, golf on Sundays for our family. But should I have been watching, like, Night Court and Golden Girls at the age I was? No. Oh, yeah. It's funny you watch it now and you get all these jokes you didn't get when you were a kid. Oh, tons. I um Maybe a year ago, I, I was at my mom's. There was nothing good on. Uh, Golden Girls showed up. I'm like, I'll just put that on for background. And I'm losing it. And it was it was enjoyable to watch as an adult with my mom and not feel like I had to pretend I didn't get certain jokes. Right. right. Just be able to laugh with it. Well, you're right in that we give them too much control, but I also don't know, and this is me sounding like really like old fashioned, like I don't know if they make anything currently that you can watch as a family. 
Like, sure, there's the Connors, but they kind of depress me. <laughs> and there's the Simpsons, which is still kind of like higher age wise than like I want them to watch. But like, we don't have like you try to get them to watch the classics like Andy Griffith and all that stuff. And they're like, where's the color <laughs> or yeah. like that kind of thing? So like they don't really make it's like they make stuff for kids. They make stuff for tweens. They make stuff for teens. They make stuff mature. But there's not a lot of just like gather around the TV family. Let's watch this together stuff. There's like you could say something like modern family. But I I find single cam sitcoms to be like polarizing. I miss a live studio audience. I. It it grows to bother me. I can't do the office. I just can't get into it. And I've tried Modern Family, I finally gave up on. I said, I don't even enjoy these people anymore. Nope. I gave up on them, too, because their problems weren't relatable anymore. Like, I was like, they're a little too rich. <laughs> like, they're not yeah. wealthy, but their problems are like, oh, Cam forgot the creme brulee on top of the car. <laughs> You're like, oh, I guess that happens to people. <laughs> like, I don't know. Well, all right, so maybe there is a connection with enjoying things. I don't want to say at the level you are, but at a reasonable um, proximity, I'll say. Like, we can enjoy an everyman, but once yes. that everyman goes too far, it's not enjoyable anymore. A modern family, like, you're right. Eventually, I'm like, this is a cartoon. This is detached from reality in all ways. And that's not what it was supposed to be. Like community ended up being live action Simpsons and that was fine. Right. What, you know, that was true to the show, but modern family, like this isn't even real. None of this is real anymore. And I tapped out. Um, I ended up, uh, geez, this is forever ago, but I liked the Nerdist podcast when it started. Cause it's just like, we're, we're three comedians, we got to work side jobs. We're trying to do all the stuff. We, you know, because of where we live, we know some famous people and can talk to them, but they were down to earth. And then freaking Chris Hardwick has an episode where he talks about his guilt over whether or not. He, I'm like, screw you. This is not the show I started listening to. Right. I'm not going to have your two friends who are also making money convince you. You don't have to feel bad because you bought an expensive car. This is no longer my reality here. There's a good 30 Rock joke about that with Tracy, where it's like when he realizes he's gone too far, like he's too rich to be relatable. He's like, people in the Hamptons eat their lobster like this. <laughs> it's like, no, people aren't just eating their lobster. Like, nobody knows what you're talking about, Tracy Jordan. God, I love that show, though. See, it, but, and that one made sense. That one was like true the whole way of it. First season's a chore, but after what? after that, it's good. You think first season 30 rocks? I think Parks and Rec's first season is unwatchable. <laughs> like, okay. I would say there's there's no show that got as lucky as Parks and Rec to get renewed after a first season that bad. Okay, agree. I think the first season 30 rock is tough, but it's tough at like a five. The first okay. season Parks and Rec is a tough at a 10 to get through. You really got to plow through that one. And then it's fantastic. Yes. Yes. But you absolutely right. And it, it, that's one of the things I'm jumping again. 
Um, Nightcore is one of my favorite shows of all time. The first two seasons are trash. Yes. It's not till Marky Post joins as Christine Sullivan that the show really finds its footing. Everyone clicks and all it gets going. That's not till season three. So when they release Warner's release seasons one and two, they don't sell. So they just don't release the rest of it. I'm like, those are the ones I want. Yep, I, I feel you there. I'm also that that person who hates Diane on Cheers. <laughs> so like I don't think it gets good till Rebecca gets there. But like I definitely agree with Night Court because I'm the fool who owns season one and I'm just like this this is not good. <laughs> no, not and it's it, looking back, it's a shock the show lasted. Less competitive yeah. than two though. But I mean Cheers yeah. almost got cancelled every year for a while. And yeah, I, they gave shows a lot more time. Like, Seinfeld wasn't this hit, like, its first season. But, like, now if you don't do it in, like, six episodes, you're just an afterthought. Well, geez, same with comics, too. Yeah. Like, oh, issue one came out, line's canceled. We'll, we'll finish it up and that's it. All right. Wait, wait to let an audience find time to find the comic then, dude. <laughs> well, some of it, like comics play tricks on you too because there are some characters where you you know they can't support an ongoing and marvel knows they can't support an ongoing but they know that people will wait for the trade if they call it a mini so they launch them with only one arc planned anyway (laughs) so they got their mini out there and tricked you into getting on board and quote-unquote ongoing that had no future True and well, but that was one of the things that I thought was fantastic for uh, Marvel Comics Presents. Right, here's, anthology. Yep, here's Wolverine or Ghost Rider, or whoever's popular story that's our main thing that you'll buy it for, and here's some shorter stories. If you like the character enough, cool. Maybe we'll do something with them later. If not, eh, we're not out anything. I've way too many of those. Problem um, is nobody. <laughs> They claim nobody buys anthologies, even though they're like loaded with the characters they claim they want to see. Uh, and it just depends like my my comic buying has changed a lot (laughs) um i have like maybe two or three issues per week that are on my pull list whether it's this just looks cool or i'm actually following the story and then otherwise i go into the back issue bins like i'm trying to do a whole run of ultraverse now why i don't know (laughs) (laughs) i just remember enjoying them and they're dirt cheap (laughs) Yeah. I mean, go for the comfort, you know? Go for what you enjoy. Yeah, certainly no one else is looking for it. <laughs> let me let me tell you, after WandaVision, I'm glad that I was the only one interested in these West Coast Avengers comics that yeah. shot up in price overnight. They sure did. Ooh, did they? I never thought a West Coast Avengers would be worth anything, and here we are. <laughs> oh, wait till wait, you see the U.S. agent prices. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, I already pulled mine. Wait, is something right? (laughs) (laughs) It turns out I, uh, because I was buying a bunch of Captain America's dirt cheap a few years ago. I'm like, oh, I already have these. Cool. Because I'm not paying what they're going for now. (laughs) Yeah, I've got an app that like basically tells you what to look for as a speculator. (laughs) <laughs> but I hadn't gotten to the U.S. agent part yet. But yeah, that that makes a lot of sense that those would start going up. Well, I started um because like Bleeding Cool have a thing of oh here's what's on Wandavision, and then I said all right on Fridays I'm just not online. 
but then once we would end up watching the episode, I would check like the Blink Cool articles. I'm like, oh, of course that's the book that shot up. Um, what is it? Uh, um, Blue Marvel, Adam, the Legend of Blue Marvel, or whatever. When that was just speculating, it went up to like 300. It's like yep. this is a dollar book, and you're just yeah. guessing that he's going to be on this. It's a crazy, it's a crazy hobby. It, it, I mean, from the collecting aspect for the back issues to the pricing of current issues. Like I was talking to somebody the other day where I've gotten to the point where I don't even look at the cover price. And I know that sounds like bougie, but it's the kind of thing of like, I, I'm going to buy Batman regardless because I like Batman. But like DC has been pulling some fast and loose pricing. Like there was a book this week that was $7.99. And like you get the sticker shock when you get to like the register. But like who thought that this industry could sustain seven to nine ninety nine books on a regular basis? Like was that uh, Infinite Frontier? Was that eight bucks? No, Infinite Frontier was six. The one that was eight was um, Batman Urban Legend. Oh, geez, I looked at that. Maybe I'm glad I didn't get it. (laughs) The weird thing is, like, it's kind of an anthology. Like, I thought it was going to be in the same vein as Gotham Knight, which was like this early 2000s book that focused on, like, Batman's impact on Gotham. It wasn't really about Batman. It was more like he was the urban legend and, like, people... I prefer Batman when he's an urban legend, not when he's out in the daylight with the Justice League. Like, I like the fact that there are people who don't believe he exists, (laughs) even though, like, there's clear evidence that he does. So I thought it was that, but it really is just continuing stories and backup stories that happen in other books. So I'm like, it's kind of it's kind of dishonest to call it number one. But I don't know. I'm in this weird place where I'm actually about three years behind on everything comic wise. But I still go to the shop every Wednesday like clockwork. (laughs) So my to read closet <laughs> has gotten out of hand well let's read closet yeah i have two sacks next to me that's my most recent to read and then honestly every every box has got stuff i need to read plus my shelves um but i think all right so going every wednesday like clockwork and i only when uh, my local shop was shut down for a pandemic and then they said hey we can open it up and do curbside I I was talking to my wife about it. I'm like, listen, there's a good chance a lot of comic stores go under from this. Right. Let's talk about business that, you know, isn't set up to sustain itself in a time like this. Could I pick up something? So there's no books, but I need bags and boards. I want to get that going, you know, a short box, just something. And so when they announced that they could be open for small windows of time, I would arrange it, head out, go get some stuff. And then once they reopen, I was like, well, I'm enjoying this. And now it is my Wednesday. But part of it is I get to do something that's just for me. I get to have interactions with other geeks, which I don't get to have, you know, like at work or at home necessarily. Um, I get the thrill of buying something new and pretty. Right. Like it's more than just, oh, I need to buy this book to read it right away. It becomes my little half hour of a community moment right right no definitely like it it's 
it's blasphemy, but it's church for me, <laughs> you know, all like right, I have, I have varying degrees. Like I get all of the same stuff from it that you do, but I have different shops, like depending on need and mood, like, like for example, my shop I grew up with pretty much hates indies. So I know if it's just a DC Marvel heavy week, I'll go to them because you get 10% off and I don't miss anything. But the minute there's a book that's like not from image, then I have to go out elsewhere. And I find that like, I enjoy the community, like the barbershop nature of it at some shops more than others like sadly my local shop i don't enjoy it because i find that they're not they're terrible business people (laughs) is that they're not plugged into the industry they have no clue what's happening like i actually tell them things which pays off in certain aspects because sometimes they don't know a book is hot and you can find it there but they have no clue they don't read their diamond newsletters so i can't have discussions they have that cursory like it's almost like going in there and they're like hey did you know joker killed batman's parents and you're like no no he didn't (laughs) it's one of those deals so but i definitely get the same like it's like you said it's time for you sometimes i feel like i'm almost like sneaking around though like i have permission to do it but i know that like it's still this kind of like not shame, but just sort of, I don't know. I justify it with like, I could be doing worse things, but as, as the, the to read closet gets fuller and fuller, I'm starting to feel guiltier and guiltier because I have like milestones of where I stopped reading. Like I know I haven't read a Marvel book since secret empire. I haven't read any of rebirth from DC and I'm five years behind on Spider-Man. So, but I have all the issues. So I, I'm I'm insane, and I kind of don't like to think about it because then I'll have to deal with the fact that I am insane. Wait, wait. Well, I I think I've I think I've come up with a connection here. You said you're about five years behind on Spider-Man. How old is your oldest again? Five. Oh, <laughs> weird. Weird how yep. that worked out. Yep. All right. So talking about your comic knowledge there and and how you're telling uh, your closest store, which I'm guessing is not the big store that I know is near you. Mm-mm. Okay. Mm-mm. <laughs> um, but that you know stuff. So let's let's do the Will's origin here. Now, I I know where you used to work. I don't know how much you want to say here or not. Oh, no, you can say it. That's like one of my Forrest Gump milestones. <laughs> All right. So for for those that might be introduced to Will for the first time here, Will used to work for Diamond many moons ago. Pre-blog, yeah, right? At this point, no, I've had I've had the blog. And see, the sad thing is like when I bring this up, people are like, really? I've had the blog for 18 years. <laughs> Like, it's just that it didn't really get traction or attention until social media. Like, prior to social media, it was just, like, college friends reading it because they happened to know about it. But, like, I was at Diamond from, like, 06 to 08, I want to say. Yeah. Yeah, so I was there for, like, two years. I was a purchasing brand manager. So... 
that sounds a lot more complicated than it is. I just helped make the previews catalog, previews catalog, and I was responsible for handling any publisher between the letters E and R, which is <laughs> really? which is a very like. It's a big range of alphabets, but what you find out is previews is like the phone book in yeah. that you want to have an A name to get near the front of like that indie section. So there's one person who just did A's, you know, and that was like a heavy that was like a senior position because that's where you're dealing with like the babies who are just like first comic i'm gonna be a plus comics like nope that's already taken okay i'm gonna be a plus plus comics (laughs) that kind of thing so like i was e through r so my biggest publishers were idw and oni i didn't get image because image was a premier publisher at that point so they had their own guy um but yeah i just i kind of helped market their books in previews um, I chose things like certified cool books or um, staff picks and that kind of thing. And yeah, it was it was I want to say it was a dream come true, but it was never really a dream. I always wanted to work in toys. I just ended up in comics. But the thing about like working there is that when it becomes a job, it's not as fun anymore. So it's like, yeah, it had its perks. You would get like free image books and stuff like that. But you find that like this industry is small and the people in it, the people running it now ran it like 40 years ago. They don't go anywhere and they're very bitter and grizzled. (laughs) So like you come in there all wide eyed, like, wow, I'm in the, I'm in Wonka's chocolate factory. And they're just like, oh yeah, but the, the chocolate gives you hives, (laughs) you know, like they, they just don't want to hear it. They aren't excited to be there or the ones who are, they're using it as like, a means to get their side project out there. Like, oh, I'm actually a writer or an artist. I just work at Diamond to meet people. So I was like the only fanboy on staff, which was a very weird kind of situation to be in. Cause I'd be like, can you believe Captain America's dead? And this is like, whatever, <laughs> you know, it's like with that kind of situation. So yeah, I did that for two years. So being the only fanboy, I'm guessing anytime there was free stuff, they suddenly didn't want anything and gave it to you because you're a fanboy. Oh, no, we always fought over stuff because <laughs> I think <laughs> this is this is where <laughs> top secret stuff. We we got a ton of manga a ton like a ton like you could wallpaper your house with as much as we got and nobody and this was like at its peak too so but we won't really read the stuff so we have like a backdoor arrangement with a local comic shop where you just bring in your comps and you would get store credit so we would trade the stuff we didn't want for stuff that we actually did want so I, I, I created this project to like build the quintessential like graphic novel collection like what does everybody need like well Dark Knight and Watchmen and then like it, it went on from there it's like okay earth x maybe and then you need to have 
Gotham Central. And then, like, so most of my graphic novels to this day are from that deal because that came in very handy. Like, and even the people who were jaded, they still liked the free stuff because it was currency. It was like cigarettes in prison. <laughs> See, and I, I can't say anything because when I was at Borders, when they were still around, um, they would send free copies not a ton but enough free copies to every borders pretty much and if you found a cool one you lucked out so believe me i'm still ticked off to this day that a guy i worked with i'm I'm still friends with got the advanced reader copy of world war z and it's it was pretty (laughs) i ended up with the advanced reader copy of marley and me so i was like oh (laughs) didn't quite work out Right, right, right. But even stuff now they see at the library, like they get advanced reader copies all the time, or you know, oh hey, um, th- these are going to be scrapped for X reason, you know. So we got to do giveaways and stuff. I'm like, oh my gosh, there's so much cool stuff here, and that's why I have, you know, to buy new bookshelves. So no, I, I definitely have been there. Like, and even the funny thing, like I said, with the jaded people, like, even if it's something you don't want, there's still that rush of like free stuff, oh, <laughs> you know, cool. like that never gets old. No, the amount of crap I ended up with. I'm like, why do we even have this? Right. Yeah, like, I, I'm I'm there now. <laughs> <laughs> trying to not be there. There's a few things I'm like, I need to just get rid of this now. Like, why do I have audiobooks at this point? Right, right. With, yeah, with Audible and everything. I'm looking at my, like, indie bookshelf, and, like, one thing that jumps out at me, the manga Messiah. It's the Bible, but as manga. <laughs> I'm just kind of yeah. like, that's an interesting pickup. <laughs> like, where did I get that from? <laughs> See, and you say that, I'm like, oh, I really want to look at that. Why? <laughs> I just do, though. <laughs> and and I, I don't know if you're, because I, I'm involved in this now, too, but to see previews magazines now commanding back issue prices is absurd. Yeah, like, that's that's crazy to me, because those things are, it's, it, it's the height of disposable. You know, like, even I I kept a copy of every issue I worked on just because, like, I liked my little name, my name and, like, the little credits in the beginning and that sort of thing. And after two years, like, what am I going to do with all these phone books? So I just kept one cover because, you know, there's two covers. And yep. that's a political thing, too. Like, it's not like, hey, this is the person who paid the most money. That's actually built into contracts. It's like DC gets four covers a year. Marvel gets this many. I don't even know what it is now that, like, DC's gone and Marvel has their own previews and blah, blah, blah. But that was, like, a big hot-button issue. So I just, like, kept one cover from each copy and i actually framed them i got like cheap frames from ikea i was like this will be nice to look back on my work and then like i have nowhere to put them (laughs) absolutely they're just sitting in a bag here because i ran out of wall space so just the sheer fact that people are actually like collecting old issues is just crazy to me and and for like a big price too like i grabbed 
1991 or 92 one because Speedball's on it. Right. But that's part of my personal collection. But my friends there with the comic podcasts are trying to go through them like, oh, here it's 30 years later. So let's go through the 91 ones and the 92 later on. And they're hitting the boom period of people saying, oh, that's the first appearance of this character. No, it's not. Previews is not a first appearance. No, 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 no. <laughs> it is not. Yeah, but so now I want it too, though, because I'm like, oh, that's cool. <clears throat> and mostly, <laughs> I, I'm also I'm confident I had a bunch of those and threw them out, and now I'm just mad. Yeah, yeah. It's it's so easy to get caught up in like the peer pressure of just collecting. That's how I got into like this GI Joe classified line that I don't even really care about. But like they were so hard to find, and Target was selling out of all of them. And I was just like, well, if I find them, I'm gonna grab them. And I have them. And I'm like, I like GI Joe, but I don't know if I like GI Joe this much to like wake up at 6 a.m. on a Sunday to intercept a truck. Like that's how hard to find they are but that's that's what collecting will do to you well all right so i i just told the story on episode of house show but i i tried to go stan lee route of you know every episode could be someone's first every issue could be someone's first my parents were split up when i was young age my dad did a trip and sees my brother and I's room and it's just, oh, it's you got your toys everywhere and clothes and books, and, you know, like it's a mess. And he starts throwing things into trash bags. Right. Yes. He says this is going. <laughs> he says to this day that he meant to teach us a lesson. He was putting it in trash bags, setting it out in the garage. What he didn't know is that the garage door was open. And it was trash day. And then oh. the trash guys saw the bag sitting there inside the garage and were nice and walked up and got it and threw it out. Now, until I was telling this story to my house show co-hosts, I believed his version until I'm 42. Until now, I fully believed it. This is like the dog went to the farm upstate level. And as I'm telling them the story, I'm like, he freaking threw out all of our toys. <laughs> he absolutely did this oh because i know lots of trash men that are like oh it's not by the curb let me do the extra work and walk up the driveway into this garage and carry it down myself not a chance in hell like there's no way it happened he probably just heard my mom single mom that he divorced years earlier flipping out that here she is struggling and buying us toys with what little extra money she has and he threw them all away oh i think because of that something snapped in my brain that day and that's my collector attitude now i have to have these things because at any moment they could go away if i have them they're safe here with me i absolutely think that's what got me going so you getting stuff like the gi joe line and other things like what do you think your collector part is is it the hunt is it this is just cool it's the dopamine hit of the hunt. That's what that's what the thrifting did. That's what the like G.I. Joe stuff did. That's what comics did. You know, like I started this over what, 27 years ago at this point as like the height of variant covers. Like you forget like 
people die in comics every day, like every week nowadays. <laughs> but the death of Superman. Huge. Huge. <laughs> huge and like i didn't know how comics worked it's like the news said that like oh he was gonna die and then i go to the shop and it's just the the issue where doomsday comes to town it's like oh no that issue's in november and it's just like being in the speculator era of like holographics covers and all that kind of stuff it's that dopamine hit that's why, like, even to this day, I have this snob thing about me where I refuse to buy a second printing. Like, really? If, if, a, if a first printing sells out, I just don't buy the book. I refuse to buy a second printing. Like, it, it, because even though we're in a different era and, like, they're printing a lot more of these things, like... Uh, the collector in me, the speculator in me doesn't want this also ran. It's more to me than just like, oh, well, I can still read the story. Like, no, I want to be able to read the story, but also this is an investment to me. Like, if you want to have a second printing, then it being it having a different cover isn't enough for me. It's an inferior product to me. Like it should be cheaper. <laughs> like that's the way I feel about digital. Like to me, it's like first printing, second printing, digital in the hierarchy of my respect for comics. Is <laughs> see, and here I am. I I went and bought the second printing of a uh, Future State Teen Titans because I wanted that Red X cover. Right. Um. And for um my my Gwenum madness that i'm going through right now uh the second print was a mary jane carnage piece right i was like i just want that cover i already have the original if you're a cover completist or if there's a cover you really want i understand it like i definitely get that um even though i try to tell myself like i could just download the jpeg it's not the same thing you got to have the physical book but like whenever dc does the thing of like it's the same cover but the logo is red uh-uh, yeah. that doesn't fly for me <laughs> i i can't say anything i went and bought uh the walmart three pack of gwenham versus carnage and the only difference on the cover is the color <laughs> i'm like at this point i need it like apparently this gwenham thing's my collection now there you go. I, I went through that with Gwenpool for a while, and now I'm like, why do I have like she just didn't take. It was like making trying to make fetch happen. Like they tried to shove her down our throats, and I'm the only one who's really it took with. And now I look around like, why do I have all this stuff? Oh, <laughs> this stuff has no value. It, it well value maybe, but it's not just you. I read the first four volumes. Um, uh, I took it out from library the first four. I'm like, this is fantastic. It is. I loved it. It was such a good story. It's such a cool looking costume. The toys look fantastic for it. I don't know if it's the color, design, all of it. What the toys look great. And full risk of Elise listening to this one because it's you as a guest and she likes you. Uh, super cute cosplay outfit too. Yes, yes, I, I've seen a bunch, but there was something about, I don't know if it was the timing or just Marvel was insistent on like this chick is going to happen. It just didn't work. And now here I am with my Gwynnum Empire, not Gwynnum, my Gwynpool Empire that I don't even want anymore. <laughs> wow. 
We'll talk later. Maybe if there's a retro con, we'll do a trunk trade or something. <laughs> it's like I said, it's that hit. It, it's all about the getting. It, like, he, here's where my collecting thing came from. I know where it's from. Is I grew up going to estate sales and stuff with my mom. Um, estate sales. Nowadays, people use that term loosely. It used to mean like somebody died. This is their house, like everything in it's for sale. Now people will use it trying to make their garage sale seem more upscale when there's yeah. more involved in an estate sale than a yard sale. So I would go with her to these things and she taught me, which is a very, very bad lesson, that you should always get things when you see them because you may never see them again. Yep. So that is like that's why I have credit card debt. <laughs> that's why I have all these things where like the immediate getting made me feel like oh this is gonna make me happy when I just had to keep getting and keep getting to keep that feeling going, you know. So she kind of got me there as like if you want it, you see it, you get it. And I just haven't been able to tailor my wants. So now I have too many collections. Like I'm in my basement right now and it's like graphic novels, DVDs, Blu-rays, Marvel Legends, and Funko Pops. And I swear to you, if I could find somebody to take all these pops off my hands, I would do it in a heartbeat. Because it was just like last week when I had this epiphany of like, these aren't doing it for me anymore, but I'm I'm so far down the hole, and then I'm scared to know what's gonna take its place. Well, I think it was a uh, major wrestling figures recently said uh, Funko Pops are the dollar bin comics of toys, and God, that's so true. It is. It is because they do not hold value at all. <laughs> They're almost like um. Playmate Star Trek figures. I was joking online about that, where it's like, you can get those cheaper now carded than when they were out. They, the Playmates knows how to mine a line so well that, like, nothing is rare. They made, like, the Enterprise janitor. <laughs> you know? Yep. Like, you can still get him carded for nothing. They did not appreciate in value. And that's pretty much Funko Pops. Okay, so we know where collecting comes from. But what inspired you to... You said the blog goes back for college, pretty much. But what is your initial impetus for saying, hey, I want to do this, put it out there. And then what's, what is it for continuing and then growing for social media and then the other... Uh, we'll say side avenues you've taken with it, like West week ever thrift justice, you know, your, your music write-ups, which you always get mad at me. Cause I usually do not know any of them. <laughs> Nobody does. Cause they're like 40% country and everybody's like, I don't listen to country. I, okay. I will say you had one of the best points and I have taken it and used it for different uh, kinds of media. But I said, I'm not really into country. I'm willing to try, but I'm not really into country. And you said, if I took the country labels off and just had all the music listed, like alphabetically, no genres, there's a lot of this you would like because it then doesn't have that genre label on it. It's just a song at that point. 
And that was an right. excellent point that you made. <clears throat> yeah, I try to like, I think genre is a construct. So I try to like adhere to like, this is a good sound rather than like, this is a certain genre, you know, but some people just can't get over that hurdle. Well, I mean, I'm into metal and the subgenres and sub subgenres of it is ridiculous. I'm like, just give me an overall rock metal station or Spotify list or whatever. I don't need to be going down and, you know, splitting off and splitting off and splitting off and splitting off here. And and then we get into, well, it's really a fusion. No, let's just back it up. <laughs> I don't need all this. But uh, to go back to question, though, so what's because I know mine, but what is your impetus for getting started with it, uh, with writing the blog, for continuing, for... Uh, you know the side places that you've taken it like how how did it get started and then what drives you to continue with it okay can you hear me yeah okay sorry about that i was having phone issues (laughs) so this is a good question i'm good i got one in (laughs) <laughs> you've had a lot in. <laughs> um i give credit where credit's due and i have to give credit to dinosaur dracula also known as matt um when i graduated from college i found his original site which was called x entertainment and i spent hours on that site it had like a horrible search feature so you just had to kind of like hop from article to article but i did it gladly and i was kind of like oh the internet has my people on here and he kind of inspired it but i didn't really write about pop culture at first it was more like a live journal i just rambled and then gradually the pop culture stuff started to come along so then would you say gradually like where you're going with it to today or because I mean I, that was I, one of the things that drew you know when I when I first discovered you you were already down the pop culture road for it but then it was where you took it that was more interesting to me like I enjoy how you give an explanation hey here's what I'm talking about if you don't know and I mean most of it I do but just yeah, there's lots of people that might not know what you're talking about or where this is going. And then explanation, facts, personal anecdotes. Like, it's a pleasure to read for it, but that's your voice, too. Like, I couldn't write like right. that. Um, Matt has his own <clears throat> voice, like you said. You know, some of the other ones that are still doing it, which, unfortunately, there's less and less of us every year. Yeah, credit where credit's due. It was Matt. I found X Entertainment. Um, and I had I was working at Cornell in the registrar's office, like doing transcripts. And I it was my first job out of college. And it wasn't really your job out of college because it was a job at college. But whatever. Um, and I spent all day on his site. Um, he would do things like basically the same kind of stuff he's doing now. But like he really was. Uh, something of like a pioneer I guess at least to me because he was the first one I ever found and he had a voice where I was just sort of like I relate to this guy like I think we'd probably be friends that sort of deal but also blogs were new so I remember like 
in my acapella group in college, somebody recommended for our website we should have a blog component. And I was like, what's a blog? And they're like, oh, it's a weblog. And they explained it, and it still made no sense to me. But, like, after X Entertainment and the fact that, like, I had this creative outlet that I didn't know what to do with because I did – I, I was musical, like I did piano growing up, and then in college I did the acapella thing. So after graduating, I had nothing creative anymore. So I signed up for Blogger, and I had a site that I was an exchange student to Russia when I was 13, and I thought it would be like an interesting to see, like, to examine certain aspects of the world through the eyes of my host. His name was Sergey, but that lasted like a post because it was just too much of just, it was too complicated, but I kept that for like years. Um, and I liked that, like the acronym for it was WARES, just W-A-R-E-S, because if you go back far enough into like the internet before like Napster and, and LimeWire and all that, you used to get all your contraband from where sites. It was W A R E Z. So I thought that would like help with SEO maybe, <laughs> but um, I kept that for, so that was 2003. It was probably like, 2006 or 7 when I finally got WilliamBruceWest.com um, I, I wanted WillWest.com but he was a gay cowboy porn star and he had bought up all the URLs so like WillWest.com, WillWest.net WillWest. like all of them were his <laughs> and the worst thing it, was, it wasn't even a pay site he was just giving it up for free so anyway <laughs> I got WilliamBruceWest west.com um not really thinking about like i was a brand or anything i just really like my name <laughs> like but that that's not to say i really like me i don't like me a whole lot but i liked my name and i thought that like oh this would be a good like website kind of like it shows whose site it is you know but um i had that I've had that since like 06. And like I said, the first few years were just random, like, oh, this is what I'm watching on TV right now. Or this is something crazy my mom said. Or that kind of deal. Um, West Week ever sort of changed things. That's when I did, that's my weekly wrap up of pop culture from the week. Um, it's a Friday post. I started doing that around. Like, oh, nine, maybe, because like I like I said before, everything changed with social media before social media. There were about 10 people who read my site and I knew who they were. And then social media happened and there are people who like read it who I don't know who they are or I'm like surprised or that sort of thing. Um, so West Week ever changed things because it sort of like focused like the thoughts like this is this is what you're going to get from this. Like you're going to get a recap of pop culture for the week. Um, it people knew what they were going to get before I might've posted like six times in one day. I, I, there was a period of time I used the site like Twitter before Twitter existed. It's like, Oh, this is a thought that popped into my head. I'm going to blog this. <laughs> and so 
long story short, even though it's like long at this point, <laughs> I migrated to WordPress like five years ago. And when I did that, I deleted a lot of the like the the earlier stuff that just either didn't age well or didn't make any sense with no context or that sort of thing so it's a little more streamlined now like if you go i always tell people like don't read anything before like 2008 just because it's just not worth your time but it's still all up there um i tried different things thrift justice was me going to thrift stores sharing stuff that i found there um I tried to do the Dick Wolf spinoff thing with Thrift Justice YSE, which is Yard Sale Edition. <laughs> um, I've got the yearly um, WBW40, which is my favorite 40 songs from the year. Um, then there are little things that never took off, like Trackstar, which is when I tried to like make two thrift store albums compete against each other to see who would end up back at the thrift store. Or um, Best of the West, which is where I showcased things that I love from my collections. Um, but... Yeah, that's that's really it. Like I I got set on this path by Dinosaur Dracula and then sort of made a bunch of friends along the way. See, the the friend thing is interesting cuz like for me I started out on MySpace of all things. Um what got me going was after college I'd post random things and some people liked it. But then I remember going to a movie with friends and there was a strange trailer at the start of it. And all that came up at then was a date. And it was the first trailer for Cloverfield. So I don't remember what movie we saw in front of, but I remember going, what the hell is that movie we saw the trailer for? And I looked it up online and I started deep diving. I found things and I shared it on MySpace and a lot of people were like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. Can I share it too? Can I share it too? I'm like, oh. I might be good at finding things other people aren't. So I started looking into blogs, found WordPress. Um, didn't do the pay version at first. I just did the, you know, dot wordpress.com for it for a while. But then I got more and more into it and started to discover other people. And there was a thing. I'm like, there must be other people out there that have a voice that want to do this stuff because I'm not finding it at home. I had it at college and now I'm graduated and I missed that. I miss having other geeks. I miss having these conversations. I miss having an outlet for it. And from blogging, I discovered you and many other people. And I said, oh, thankfully, there's other people out there doing it. There's a reason to put my voice out there. And all you need, and, and you certainly have it, is that one post that either gets a lot of hits or you get a lot of responses of people like, oh, that was great. And you realize you really you know, touched a nerve with people in a good way and got something out there. But yeah, now, and, always, Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was going to say like, uh, it's funny you bring up Matt there. I don't know how, but I never knew about X entertainment and I know I'm just like, how did I not? It wasn't until he did the rebrand as dinosaur Dracula that I think everyone was sharing it online. I thought, all right, who's this guy? And I started reading it and he brought over a lot of the old extra entertainment stuff too. I thought, Oh, this is great. The, this is another vo good voice. How did I not know about this? 
And when I was going through my own rebrand, that was an example I took of how you can kill something that's successful and move it into something else. Right, right. Yeah, it's it was weird with him because he took like this extended hiatus and people seem to think that like he was completely done. And I think he even thought he was done, but I guess he missed it enough that he came back as like dinosaur Dracula. And then like, that was when social media had taken off. And then it was really this groundswell, but like he was always fascinating to me and that he had found an audience before social media like once social media came along there were all these people who like knew him from the x entertainment days and that's just crazy to me because the internet is just such a huge place but also i kind of remember back when it wasn't that big of a place like for example i'm really into this really bad show called team knight rider which was like a spinoff of knight rider that aired in the late 90s for one season and i remember when there was only one website dedicated to team (laughs) you know like we're old enough when we remember these like geocity sites and all that kind of stuff but it was just impressive to me that like he had like gotten his voice out and like had he wasn't having like meetups or anything but like all of us were like finding his site and relating to parts of it and just kind of like oh we found our people and then it kind of like turned into this community online as we found other people and each other but like it's funny we all kind of do it around matt like there are a lot of people who will say he was like an inspiration or he kind of like set them on this path but there are very few there are very few like spokes towards the center if that makes sense (laughs) like matt is still an enigma to this day but like he probably doesn't even realize he's the reason for a lot of us almost like okay this is you'll you'll get it a lot of people won't but it's almost like his blog washed up on an island and we're all on that island and using it as an inspiration and he on the mainland has no idea right we have this like we don't have a direct connection with it but it's all there and it it you're right though it is interesting and because of the retro network over the last year plus to see the spokes and the chains and who's connected to who and who discovered who through what and all because jason knew me partly from league but also he was doing a podcast talking about the wendy super bar and i had to respond to it and i ended up writing a guest piece on his rediscover the 80s blog that got some good traction and that's how he and i had a connection so when they got going for retro that's the only reason i came up i didn't know who mickey was right previous to that i don't know how i didn't know who adam was is like that for the amount of content he puts out i am shocked that i was unaware of him before retro started you, you probably knew it just be not my name you know, like there are a lot of people like I know of, but like and some people even have podcasts, but like it's like four of them. And I don't know whose voice goes to which name, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. True. Well, and that's 
I can't think of a good example right now, but there's certainly been ones that um, have come and gone now that someone will say, oh, I used to be on this show. I'm like, I listened to that show. I don't remember you. But you're right. There's so many voices on there. I'm not going to remember all of them. Right, right. Sometimes I just need that big connection. Maybe they're talking about a topic I wasn't interested in that episode, so I just don't remember it, you know? But, I mean, that's the thing. For all everything going on, someone's got the same interests. Like, I haven't done Team Knight Rider, but I know you've been on podcast about Knight Rider. <laughs> Many, a, a few of them, because I've listened to them. Like, I don't have that connection. But the fact that there are multiple people that say, oh, let's talk Knight Rider. Well, <laughs> right, right, right. Like, just something for everyone. I just, I, I wish, as great as it had, all has been and as it is i still wish for something more like the league i felt was a step in the right direction but it didn't quite get for me personally to where i thought it could be and i feel like that's still kind of missing today i don't really know what i'm looking for (laughs) it's like that guy with pornography like i'll know it when i see it like but I wish there was just more community, more sharing, more camaraderie. Like, that's what I kind of miss about all this. Like, I feel like we're all kind of in silos, especially since (laughs) we lost a lot of good men out there. Like, sites and shows have dropped, you know? Like, you go back to, like... Ugh, 12 years ago and you had your like under scoop fires and all this stuff like these people aren't blogging anymore they're not podcasting anymore like those of us who are still around it's it's like we're holding on tight it's very much a like you're not gonna take this from me but i feel like there could there could be more community than there is well and honestly that's one of the reasons why when we were talking about, okay, we got the house show going on on Thursdays now, we want to do a spinoff thing, and I've been wanting to try podcasting, you know, hosting it on my own for a while, but I thought, well, what do I have to do that's different? Like, what what do I have to say that's not just repeating something that's already out there? And that's one of the things is I was looking for what was missing and trying to spin it into, instead of asking how come no one's doing that, spin it to why am i not the one doing that then because if i see it missing then someone else might too and i'm not saying this is the answer but my thought is okay you and i talking is long overdue i have a few other people that i want to talk to on here that are part of our our geek community so maybe that gets more people into it i have joe and adam my friends that do a wrestling show that are now aware of wizards because of me. And that's two different podcasting geek worlds that wouldn't have a connection otherwise. So, all right, let's, you know, do the spokes out and, you know, connect something else there. But you're right. Like under scoop fire is gone. Cold slither is gone. Nerd lunch is gone. The league is gone. I flat out told Jason and Mickey, like you're the closest thing right now to a hub. Right. And it's still not quite there because a lot of people that we saw from those previous sites and podcasts just aren't doing it anymore. 
and we're all also all of us are i'm including myself are terrible not only with really promoting ourselves but with sharing other people's as well and and honestly like a lot of people produce so much content too like i don't have the time to go through it all either i would love to (laughs) but i almost i kind of wish someone pulled a wwe network and bought up all the old content much like wwe bought up the tape libraries for wcw and ecw and all and someone's just like oh hey here's my hub and i bought up all the old underscoop fire episodes and cold slither and this dead blog and that dead blog and i created a archive hub for all of it right in addition to like bookmarks for everyone current but that's a full-time job to do that yes yes like most of us do this as a fun side thing, not as our day job stuff. So it's just not happening. <laughs> Plus it's, but, the, it's like going against the tide because I mean, people will swear to you that like blogs are dead and they probably are, but I refuse to acknowledge that. You know, <laughs> I, I think any of us that have VHS still in our home are just not going to get rid of something because people say that format's dead. <laughs> right we'll find each other (laughs) so i have two things for you okay one we've been talking about where where you came from what you know you're known for now where is the william bruce west brand going next oh well i've decided that william bruce west as a brand doesn't necessarily work in terms of it's fine if you already know me, but it doesn't really open any doors. So the, I have things I want to do. I want to like review things. I want to like, one of my dreams is I'd love to be like a pull quote on like a graphic novel or something. If you saw William Bruce says, this is a smash immediately. You think to yourself, well, who the hell is William Bruce West? <laughs> You know, like, what does that mean? So I I feel like I'm probably going to lean into what has really worked for me over the past few years. And I'm thinking of a rebrand, not thinking, like it's pretty much coming um, to really just embrace the West Week Ever brand. I got a little scared over the summer because Kanye West trademarked West Day ever, and I thought he was coming for me. <laughs> so I think it's time. I've already owned the URL for a couple years, and it's just – I think that's what I'm going to do next. You, you, you sense the irony here, right? Are you aware of yeah. it? I am. I am. When I had to do my rebrand, you were adamant against it. You were fighting with me every step of the way. I was, but like, I felt like you had a stronger body of work. Like, my stuff is just slipshod. Like, I when when you look at, because I, I do this assessment like every year in terms of like, did I do any evergreen posts? And on like, in average year, I probably do five or six. Like as good as West, like as not as good as common as West Week ever is. 
it's kind of, I think, disposable. So I kind of want to really change that perception. Um, I because I have put so much work into that brand. Um, I don't want it to be seen as disposable, and I think it's got some traction to it, and I think it's a little catchier than William Brees West, and honestly, I don't know if anyone will truly miss WilliamBreesWest.com. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I I I don't think that will be the case. And if so, they can still go to it. It'll redirect. But as 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 adamant as I was against your rebrand, I understand that there are times that call for it. And I just feel like part of me part of me feels like it's time to get out of the game, but I don't know how to quit anything. And so I'm in this real rough period right now where this was a weekly Friday post. This was like you could set your watch to it, maybe. <laughs> like at its height, it was weekly. Then it was monthly and then it was quarterly. <laughs> but that was the thing. Like it was a Friday post. It was the end of the week wrap up of pop culture. But then Disney had to come along and drop Mandalorian, WandaVision, Falcon and Winter Soldier, like all this stuff on Fridays, which makes people avoid the Internet because they don't want to be spoiled because they didn't wake up at four in the morning to watch this stuff. So I don't really know what to do in terms of scheduling or maybe I just don't care about hits anymore and I just put it out and people read it when they read it but that that hurts marketing like attempts because you kind of want them to read it within a certain amount of time which is when you're promoting it it's just a whole quagmire I, I <laughs> that's why I've been kind of radio silent lately it's like I've got the rebrand I've got the scheduling. I got a couple other things in the fire that I don't know if they'll ever actually come to fruition, but I, I don't, I won't quit anytime soon. Cause again, I don't know how it's just, it'll be interesting to see what the future looks like for me online. You almost need like a, a Saturday addendum post to it. Like, Hey, if you didn't read me yesterday, cause you were staying offline, it's a new day post is still fresh um but i know what you mean though because you want it to be you do want it to be fresh you don't want to have it all sitting there till like monday let's say when it's for the previous week or even wait a full week um we were doing a house show recording trying to figure out when how if whatever to discuss wrestlemania like at some point all right a week later is it still worth discussing you know we're already looking at for that and also, I mean, like, if you change, you're still William Bruce West. Like, you you can call the site whatever, but you're still you and still have that legacy. It entertains me to no end that many people call me Hellions. Right. Like it's right. still there as, as probably a permanent nickname for the rest of my life now. So it's, it's kind of like, all right, what I did before still lives on in a way, and then here I am with this new form of it right right yeah it's i and this comes back to the community thing because like (laughs) 
I go through all this like I, I really like spend a lot of time like thinking about like all this stuff and like looking at stats and all this other th- but at the end of the day it's really just like does anybody care <laughs> like I, I feel like we're at this point with social media and just with blogs and everything we do creatively and just like we have all the means for feedback but we don't have the feedback and I'm just kind of like ultimately does anybody care why am i doing this like i i can't i don't know who's reading i can't trust like hit counts because everybody has an ad blocker like but you don't really have engagement in terms of like comments or shares and so it really is it's disheartening at times because i don't know how to quit even though there are times where it really seems like i probably should like i I go through the whole thing of how do you peddle wares that nobody really wants (laughs) like they might take it when they get it and they might realize like hey i didn't realize i needed this but like at the end of the day nobody's really like clamoring for this i i don't think I don't know. That's why it's like I like when people are like, oh, it's a new West Week ever. It's like, oh, you actually care. That, that's pretty cool, you know, because sometimes it's a real chore to get them out there. And like, I just don't know how to stop. Like, I just this is this is me now. Like, I live on the Internet, I guess. I'm that guy. <laughs> and I see that. And for me, like when I started, my initial goal was get as many hits as possible. And I posted links and pictures and all sorts of stuff I wouldn't do now just to get extra hits. Now it's I want any content I put up to be something I created, not just, you know, a, a link or an ad or whatever. Um, But I'm also not doing it for the hits. I'm doing it for me now because a couple times where you know life gets busy or i just need a break or whatever i'm mentally happier if i'm producing something right whether one person reads it or a hundred or a thousand or whatever it's just it mentally helps me to have an outlet so that i was like okay that's my focus then it's not to get hits it's not to get noticed it's this helps me and however many people look at it is not the point for me anymore well, I know that was kind of a, a relief in a way. Um, but my last question for you, which was what the whole hot tag idea was going to be originally, and it kind of depends on the guest now. But you can be tagged right now if you have anything you have been dying to ask me or need explanation or need a story or, or anything at all. You you have an open invitation for it. Hmm. I guess in terms of the branding thing, I'm curious to know how have you weathered the transition? Like, do you miss the old brand or you don't even look back? Like, has it been easy for you or just like, how is how is the transition going? I've been very curious about that. Okay, so it's been a little over a year now. Yep. Since getting the mass library one. And I tried out that mass ephemera name at first, which is still a good word, but it doesn't really flow and it ended up being tough to say. And when I was hyping it up on podcasts, I felt like I had to explain myself. Right. So when you have trouble with your own name, other people are going to as well. Um, 
I know that someone else bought the old Team Hellions name, and I don't. It looks like it's another language on there, and I don't know which one for a lot of the posts. Yeah, it's, it's like a content farm now, but from like Lithuania or something. Yeah. Um, I did look up when uh, their current um purchase of that domain expires. And uh, I have noticed that someone is parked and just sitting on Hellions.com because I, I, I might every, you know, once a month look into these just for my own curiosity. At this point, the Team Hellions one feels like I was out at a restaurant and saw my ex-girlfriend making out someone else. Right. It feels like that was mine once. It's a very important part of me. It was a very big part of me. I thought we were going to be together forever. And now she's with someone else and it kind of stings. Even though I'm happy with where I am, that's something that used to be air quotes mine. And now it no longer is. And that kind of sucks. Gotcha. But I feel at this point, I'm putting enough into it that I'm building it back up. Um, I have enough people from you know, uh, retro and other podcasts I'm friends with and other things that know, oh, Hellions means me. Um, I feel that uh, some of the reasons why I changed the name have been quiet enough. I could probably flat out post it on my site like the site used to be Team Hellions and then the domain switched over or whatever. Right. Because <laughs> oh, right now, I'll, I'll re- you know, a lot of stuff I'll refer to as, oh, my former site. Or, right. you know, I wrote online for a previous site that's now defunct or whatever like that. But I'm happy with it. It was inspired. I wanted to think of, because Hellions was the same reason. I wanted to think of something like, all right, what am I into? I'm into comics. I'm into wrestling. I'm into metal. I'm into, you know, these random pop culture things. What's the thing that can be in all of it? And that's where I got the mask part. I was like, okay, mask, masked. You know, like it can cover all of that stuff in a way. Um, Library, when I got the new job and was actually happy with the place I worked for once in my life, which was such a weird feeling. I was like, okay, this is me now. Like when I sat down for the final talk of here's the job offer, do you want to take it? I was talking to who's now my boss's boss saying, I think I this is my last job. Like this Uh is retirement. And I've never had that feeling in my life. So it's kind of thankful for being brought on and just a a string of coincidences that led to me even knowing about the job, applying for it, looking for a job at time because I was frustrated with where I was. Like everything seemed to be perfect storm of coincidences to I have this job. So I kind of felt like in a way it's fate. And then it made sense to just make that part of the rebrand mass library. Okay. And, and you know, it, it fits with, well, that is what I want to do. I want to have my little pop culture library and all my nerdy stuff. And I'm not good with it yet. I'm trying. But, you know, my my uh, private collection Patreon post there of here's the weird crap. Let's talk about at the after hour stuff to talk about. But it just seemed to still be a catch all that I could talk about all the stuff I want to kind of, you know, in a way, kind of like you were saying for William Bruce West, like. All right, if you see that on a pull quote, for example, like you're saying, what does that mean? Like, we know what it means. 
but what would your general public mean? So that's why switching over from Hellion's Mass Library, I'm like, if Mass Library is on a pull quote, that kind of makes sense. I did um, a review of uh, Michael Ian Blackhead, a book out about being a father. It was yeah, fantastic. I, read that. I read that review. Yeah, and I don't think I get that book without having the new name. I don't right. think Team Hellions would have gotten that book. True. You know? So I'm, so I'm I, happy with it, but yeah, overall I feel like um, uh, it feels like an ex-girlfriend now, for better and worse. So I have another tag then. Like, have you ever thought about how famous or how where would you like this to take you? Because I think about that a lot, and my goals are small in terms of like pull quote or maybe get review copies. But one thing I've always cherished is I have never gotten big enough to get haters. And I don't know if I could handle that. I know there are people on Twitter who do not like me, but that's not my writing. That's just whoever they've decided I am from like tweets or whatever. So I guess it's separating the art from the artist. Like, I don't think those people hate WilliamBruceWest.com. They just kind of hate at William B. West. (laughs) But like, I think about like, could I handle like, Perez Hilton level bloggerdom, you know? So like how big do you want to get or do you want to like, have you found a comfortable niche? Are you not there yet? Like, do you think about that stuff? I do. Um, I don't know why, but I've always been concerned with legacy and mattering when I'm gone. Yep, me too. Like, like just having something left behind. And I, uh, however big or small it is. So, I mean, yeah, I can't, you know, I want to write a novel. I want to write a comic. I want to do this and that. And, you know, when is their time? And I always get distracted with other stuff. But for the site and for my own stuff, I want to be able, uh, world opens up again. Things are back to normal. I want to be able to go to like a New York or San Diego comic con and have someone know who I am. Right. Because of the blog, you know, like I want to say, Oh, Oh, Hey, I'm Kevin mass library. They're like, Oh, I read your stuff. I know who you are. You know, something like that. And I was getting close there with Hellions. There, there were points pre Declan, ironically, um, when I just had more free time that I was getting close to it. Um, we got invited to New York comic con for free. Oh, nice. Elise and I. Uh, it was the same weekend we were getting married. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so we couldn't go. But uh, we we got invited to like help out someone with booth and go around and do interviews and stuff like that, and then could have like free admission and kind of be like employed for the weekend. Right. For and do our own thing. Uh, didn't line up. <laughs> Um, and then when Declan is born, I did I did not write a whole lot for a while because how you know how can you? You know I remember like falling asleep at work because it's so tough raising an infant. Oh yeah. You know so I I think a lot of stuff I fell back on. I think doing the rebrand brand knocked me back a couple steps too. But my overall goal is I want people to know who I am and I want to have 
my biggest goal is I want to be a writer on a comic. I have that short story from a few years ago in an anthology and it's out of print and the company's out of business. So it just is a limbo now if you search for it. Thankfully I have comp copies, but otherwise like that's gone. Right. But yeah, at some point I want to, and I don't even care who, but I would ironically bringing it back to previews. I would love to open up previews and there I am listed as a writer for something coming up. And then that will always be there in the world. Might not sell, might not be any good, but I will have done it. Right. Right. No, that's good. That, that, okay. So you have thought about it. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, it is crazy, but it's one of the things I'm like, I just want to feel like when I'm gone, people knew I was here. I completely understand that. I completely, I, I do. I think that's why I do this too. And I just, I, I don't know. It's, it's so hard finding an audience. And the thing that scares me is that the people that, relate to it they're contemporaries so it's like we're all gonna die together (laughs) like i'm trying to reach that like next i i've i joke recently that like my ideal audience is like a white teenage girl from west virginia (laughs) because like that's where my tastes skew lately with like the country music and the shows i watch and all that kind of stuff but like if i try to target that group then i end up on a watch list (laughs) so it's just weird like thinking about like where do you want this to take you but also like how do you get there right well and you know me following random comic things on online um you know jokingly on tiktok uh, not, uh, i mean i do follow it but it's kind of like an in-joke in the house and all elise will be like you're gonna leave me for some 20 something girl that's into comics I, like you think i'm on the radar of some 20 something girl <laughs> in <laughs> any way <laughs> wrong answer by the way <laughs> Oh, yeah, I was told it was the wrong answer, yeah. <laughs> the answer is you wouldn't leave me. Always you catch, on her radar. always catch Lindsay with that, where I'm like, you're going to leave me for this guy. And she, and instead of like, no, I'm not, she's like, oh, he wouldn't want me. I have kids. I'm like, that's the wrong answer. <laughs> oh, I, I did that last week. And it was over text, too, which is even worse. Oh no, no context. And, yup, no context, no tone, no, no nothing. So thankfully, at least was in a good mood, and she's like, does little parentheses, you know, like the the Ron Howard narrator, and she's like, he still doesn't realize he's in trouble. Right. <laughs> I'm like, no, I meant I would never have any interests, and even if I, and she's like, no, 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 just stop there, just stop right. talking right there. Yep. All right. Well, Will, this has been fantastic. Uh, we like to pretend this is Monday morning, but I'll just say this is actually late, and we, I should probably let you go. No, thank thank you so much for this. And like I like I've been saying, this has been a long time coming, and I hope I didn't ramble too much. I feel like I was like all over the place, but I've had so much to say for years, and now people are like in on that. No, I think it's fantastic, and honestly, it's not good. Like, 
hopefully we do this again and don't wait forever yes yes anytime go ahead and give your social medias and the the website address once more of course okay um you can find me on twitter at william b west or instagram at william bruce west and the website for now is williambrucewest.com okay you can find me across all social medias at mass library masslibrary.com is my blog and of course this show is presented on the retro network uh under the house show feed and the house show is our every thursday episode covering retro wrestling with two of my best friends currently in the saturday night's main event series but a little spoiler warning here guys we don't know what's happening with wwe network and peacock so we're working on a plan b in case we have to pause saturday night's main event for a while but uh we'll see you thursday and running thank you so much to will my guest today and thank you for all of you listening to it This has been a presentation of the Retro Network.